This is the Rich Eisen Show. Why has the Kyrie Luca marriage put the Mavs in in a position to miss this playoffs entirely? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. This is a team building crisis because. The Mavericks were in the conference finals last year. Earlier on the show, ESPN Sports Center host Scott Van Pelt, Fox Sports College Football Analyst Bruce Feldman. Coming up, former sports marketing executive Sonny Vaccaro. And now it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Here on the Rich Eisen Show, Sirius XM Odyssey, the Roku channel, free on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TV, free on all Amazon Fire TV, the Roku app, and the Roku channel.com. We are live in Los Angeles, California. Sonny Vaccaro, who's played by Matt Damon in the movie Air that uh, hits theaters tonight. Um, it's so dynamite. It's so great. You're anybody, uh, honestly, it's directly up the alley of everybody who takes in this show. And I'm assuming everyone takes in this show because we're, we're a blend of sports and pop culture. This film is exactly that about Michael Jordan signing with Nike. We had Ben Affleck who plays Phil Knight in the film that he also directs, uh, on Tuesday, Monday show featured our chat with Matt Damon, who again, plays Sonny Vaccaro, who's in studio in this hour. Um, we already chatted with Bruce Feldman. Two segments, deep dive on his mock draft and what's going on in the NFL draft. He is as plugged into anybody in college football and what people are saying at that level about all these prospects are coming uh, to the next level. Uh, we chatted with Scott Van Pelt in hour number one. The show re-airs on the Roku channel, channel 210. As soon as we're done with this third hour, there's our podcast for anybody who wants to listen to this show every day. Hit us with a subscribe button there for the RSS feed. We also appreciate anybody who subscribes to our YouTube page as well. Uh, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo in their spots. TJ Jefferson uh, in his spot, as always, right here on our program. So... With the draft is three weeks from tomorrow, teams are beginning to have press conferences with their local media about what their draft boards look like, what they're thinking about. The draft looks like a little bit of a PR. Um, I can't wait for the Jets and the Packers to have one. Mm -hmm. Because right now, as we're currently sitting there, Aaron Rodgers no is way. still not a New York Jet. Radio silent. He is still not a New York Jet, and no it's all good. Judge. It's all good. Um, uh, honestly, you know, my buddy uh, Mike Greenberg, who's hosting the draft, he is uh, all agitated right now. I am. I am. Look, look at my hand right here. For the radio audience, it's not moving. I'm cool. You're not going to curse on the air, are you? Um, no. Okay. Why is Greenberg cursing on the he, air? He's threatening to drop f bombs if it doesn't happen. <laughs> on ESPN, too. I would pay to see that. Yeah. I think he said it on a different show. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's very un undisnified. That's what I mean. If he's going to start. I don't know. I mean, because if you if if you take the word up out and put the f word in there, that's a totally different <laughs> name of the show. It might be a better show. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Oh, Mike Tannenbaum has heard that language since his Rex Ryan days. At any rate, I'm cool. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. Because there's no way the Packers are going to watch the Jets use back-to-back second-round picks. No chance. And and if they do, let the Jets go back-to-back in the second round that they sent Elijah Moore to Cleveland to get a second-round pick? Clearly to send to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers? Like, hey, 
Joe Douglas waving his hand from New Jersey. Hey, Brian Gutekunst. See that trade I just made with Cleveland? It's a second-round pick. I got one. You want one? Because <laughs> you're not getting the 13th overall. And I know that that still has caused us, apparently, one would think, to be in this sorry folks world right now that Aaron Rodgers is still not on the New York Jets. Sorry, folks. There you go. Mike is finally clued in. with. <laughs> I was doing some stuff. Got it. <laughs> Bottom line is, I was just gonna... I'm cool. Sorry, folks. It's going to happen. Sorry, and if the Packers, Packers want to let the Jets use all their draft choices and then send us Aaron Rodgers, because they're going to have to. All I know is Albert Breer last week said, hey, it's going to happen sooner rather than you, than, than you think. And I'm kind of like Albert. Tick freaking talk with three weeks now from the draft. But Jets and the Packers are going to eventually talk to the media, I guess. The Ravens had one today. Um, they sent a trio of gentlemen to the, uh, to the stage. They sent Eric DaCosta, the general manager, John Harbaugh, the head coach, and Joe Horitz, who is their director of player personnel, has got a lot of his tires kicked by teams looking for an, uh, a general manager. He's still with the Ravens organization. And uh, the Ravens said, hey, this is a draft press conference. Any questions about Lamar Jackson, we'll, we're going to pass. We'll take a pass. How do you think that went? <laughs> Here you go. It's been a week uh, since... Lamar tweeted about having the trade request and saying goodbye to the fans uh, with the Ravens. Have you had a chance to talk to him since? And what was the conversation like? And you know, when a player asks, let's say, if he wants to be traded, uh, do you, what's your confidence level of him being able to be in, be in playing this year uh, with the Ravens? Yeah, so those are, you know, I understand the need to ask those kind of questions. Uh, I think just out of respect for the process, this is a draft luncheon. And we're going to try to keep uh, as much of this discussion as we can to the draft, to the coming weeks, building the best football team we can build. Uh, so I understand those questions. I think we've spoken about this situation probably five different times this spring in various different press conferences and such. So we're going to try to just kind of defer to those questions and move forward to the draft. In respect to the, this being about the draft and everything, just with the Lamar stuff that's going on. Hey guys, are you, guys, are you all that, looking at quarterbacks? Out, out, out. If you can, this is about the draft. There you go. The, the, the can that's a part of it. Let's just, we're, we're, we're not going to answer one more question tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, that's on the tape. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> I, mean, I just want to. People be like, tweet at me. Well, the Costa was asked if he's looking at quarterbacks differently because of the situation. Quote unquote, I don't think we really are. We got we got into every draft trying to take out. We go in every draft trying to take out any kind of bias. We kind of need uh, any kind of need based situation. Take it out of the draft equation. Um, Joe Horitz asked about the evaluation of the quarterback class. That it's pretty strong up top. Both. Horitz and DaCosta said um, they liked the quarterback group so much. Here you go. Regarding DaCosta was asked if he would take a quarterback in the first round, the Ravens choose 23rd. Um, and the answer would say, depends on the board, really does. I would have to say yes, because we have quarterbacks in our top 31. 
So just based on that alone, simple math, I would have to say yes. Can you imagine Lamar still unsigned to an offer sheet, draft hits, first round, they take a quarterback? <laughs> I will tell you what. I can't. Let, let me just say this, because again, this is my 20th year with NFL Network, and um, I have been hosting a live draft since every year since 2006, with the exception of the COVID draft when I was uh, online as part of their, um, their fundraiser. Zoom. Yeah, I did the Zoom draft. Let me just say this. All I'm saying is I've been around the block. I've done this for a while. If the Ravens go into the draft and Lamar Jackson still does not have a single offer sheet signed and the Ravens 23rd overall take any quarterback, anybody who is a quarterback, Hendon Hooker would be a perfect example if he's still out there. Where you don't need him, Tyler Huntley can go or Lamar can go. Whatever you want to say, however you wish to spin it. You take a quarterback in the first round that night. And I understand April 27th. Is that the the actual date of the draft? April 27th. That Thursday night in Kansas City. Uh, It will become. Yep. 27th. It will become December 25th. Because the entire world would light up like a tree. Oh, my God. That would be something. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. How about that? I don't know what Lamar's option is going to be. Because you look at the teams that could currently go get him. Washington. I guess I'll still include Atlanta, although they have spent in a certain way where I don't know. I'm not a capologist. I don't play one on TV either. Vegas. Indianapolis. I I don't see that. I don't see that offer sheet coming even after the draft if they don't get another quarterback. I don't see it. Now, there is one. That still fascinates me because it would blow the roof off this sucker, and it's your team, Chris. <laughs> it's the Patriots. Weird stuff going on up there. Because days. Mike Florio is reporting that that Belichick has talked Mac Jones this offseason with other teams. Mac's still there, and no one will say anything because they're not going to say anything because the only one who can say anything doesn't say anything. That's Bill. Not going to happen. But there's a reason why, and there's a reason why Robert Kraft let it loose that Meek Mill told him, "Hey, Lamar's interested." There's a reason why, and I, I don't know if it's. I, I mean, it, Kraft is clearly has a relationship with Meek Mill. We know that he doesn't need to name drop. Is it to communicate to you, the fan in New England, that hey, we looked into it? Is it to communicate to Bill, hey? Um, you know, if you are going to trade away the kid who I adore, there is Lamar here. What would the option be if they traded Mac Jones away? Go get Will Levis in this draft, sitting there in the middle. They love him so much in Kentucky. That's the backup plan. That's the one thing I haven't heard in this conversation. Florio's report that Mac Jones, if they are willing to part with him, if Belichick is willing to 
if we're going to take into account Tom Curran's conversation with us from NBC Sports Boston, that the reason why Mac will not be sent away this time at this point is Bill O'Brien was brought in to rectify last year's situation. Right. Where everything sucked like the quick game. <laughs> and, and Kraft loves him in Mac Jones. That if he's willing to buck that system, what's the, what was the plan? Bailey Zappi? I don't believe it. I don't think so. Like, and you're, you're print sick. up the Zappi jerseys. Like, like, really? And if things went south with Zappi, the guy who was always there as Brian Hoyer, they released him with still owing him guaranteed money. But he's still staying he's in the family. Signed. He stayed in the family. I know. McDaniels goes to Vegas. Somebody <laughs> with a Patriots <laughs> pedigree that, cannot quit Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. He just signed as the backup to Jimmy G. I like, know. Is, is Zolak available? I mean, who knows? <laughs> I think, this is what I think. I think Kraft dropped the Meek Mill line yes. to be like, hey, if this goes south again this year and the quarterbacks are terrible and it doesn't work out and we miss the playoffs, look, there's your guy who you can blame. Bill wanted to keep it this way, and it would make Kraft getting rid of Bill so much easier. But he's the guy, he's the guy who never paid Brady like the top quarterback in the league ever, and he's suddenly now going to do that with Lamar Jackson. Really, Bob's in his eighties. He's the one who's got to stroke the check. He wants to win again. I don't think he's laying the groundwork to fire Belichick. I'm telling you. Come Bill is coaching on. for his job. Are you, if the I know Pats you keep miss saying the playoffs that, this year, but there will be a new head coach in New England in twenty. But what? Let's just. But let's place that aside for the moment. And I know you. You keep returning to that. And trust me, we'll have time to keep. I returning just want to it that. out there. So if it happens, I'm. Right. I know I, you've already put it out there, and I'm sure you're going to put it out there again. Who is the guy who they would turn to? Now, we don't know when these trade offers were made. If the trade offers were made before Garoppolo or Derek Carr signed somewhere else, that would make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Those guys are off the market. Right. So once those guys went off the market, entirely possible. Well, didn't we hear, was it Zolak who said, I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy G went to to the Raiders? No, I I know. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, uh, Mac Jones. Right. Well, I so understand all these that. rumors have been out there right. before these and, other and guys And the Raiders signed. are, uh, 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 in the Florio report, one of the four teams that right. Belichick spoke to. So, by the way, Florio's report, entirely accurate, and so could the fact that these trade offers were made before Carr and Garoppolo made their moves, yeah. and once they did, Mac Jones is entirely off the table. Like, we could be having this conversation on the show right now, as we are, and the possibility of trading Mac Jones is long since passed. But I'm just curious to know, who is that guy? Who was the guy that they would say better than trying Mac Jones on for size for a third year with the guy that we brought in to specifically fix it, fix last year and give him the opportunity to improve a year two to three jump that we sure didn't see between years one to two. Or do you 
were they going to punt on and then just reset the clock on the five years like we've been talking about some team might do at some point? Patriots are sitting there 14th overall. I don't think that's who they're going for. What if Anthony Richardson is still there at No 14? chance. Not a chance on this green earth will that kid be available after five. No chance. That kid starts to fall. Do you know how fast somebody's phone is going to ring? He wouldn't get past 13. The Jets would trade out. Or the Jets would take him and tell the Packers, see ya. Sorry. Hey, Alan Lazard, you want to play with Anthony Richardson? <laughs> Honestly. Going to have to. I would be all over that. Sorry, Green Bay. Enjoy that $60 million salary. And I'm Joe Douglas. I am saying that, that one million percent. Try me. Could you imagine? Try me. Oh. And and you can't if you're Gutekunst run that risk. No. Not if you're the Packers. Anthony Richardson's there at 13. Done. Sold. Sold. How more how 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 more can I emphatically say that? <laughs> How about this? If Anthony Richardson's available at 13 for the Jets and they don't take him, I'll curse on the air. Yes. Oh, please. Let that happen. We now have something to root for. There you go. Let's go. Uh, I'll raise you an F-bomb. But this is what I'm saying. If if somebody starts to drop, who makes moves to the... You can't run the risk if you're Green Bay. Fascinating. This is amazing. I can't wait. Three weeks from tonight, we get answers. Finally. Take a break. Sonny Vaccaro is here on the Rich Eisen Show. This is going to be fun. Don't go anywhere. Back with more in a moment. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show is Sonny Vaccaro in the flesh. How you doing, Sonny? Good to see you. 
I'm doing as well as I've ever done since I married Pammy uh, a long, long time ago, Rich. Uh, it's it's something that you know you just can't grasp. At least someone like myself, what's what's been happening as far as the movie as goes. As far as the movie goes, because yes. I was going to ask, you know, you were mentioning your, your wife Pam who's sitting here in studio, um, you know, uh, watching us talk to one another, and uh, you know, so many people when they say, "Hey, if they make a movie about something in your life or about you." Who would you want to play you? I mean, Matt Damon's pretty high up on the list for a lot of people, Sonny. You know, you can go to any generation you want, and there's a few Matt Damons every time along sure. the way. Yeah, yeah. That'll live forever in the in the skills that he has, and that's that's film and movies and acting and all that. You can't get any better. And Ben and you know Viola. In fact, the whole cast mm-hmm. is sort of like you know the Frank Sinatra, the first you know yeah. the first when he got the old gang together in, sure. in Ocean's Eleven, right? I yeah, mean, right. this is what we're talking. By about. By the way, another movie that Matt's been in is Ocean, well, the, the it, second it, version. Yeah, of the Ocean's right, 11. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt's been in everything. I mean, God bless him. He it played a soldier. He played a you know a guy who was crazy and you know whatever. That, but the most important thing, and we'll get on with your show, Rich. Sure, yeah. The one that I remembered forever and I loved him for, not you know, the, the the guy that loses his memory and has 25 and it lasts forever, mm-hmm. his gambling movie, Rounders. One of the best gambling movies ever done. That and Cincinnati Kid. I, I've gambled and I, I enjoy poker and all that. And I've told Matt, I said, I can always go over the whole thing. I thought, I think that's what bounded me to, to never think this day would happen, Rich. Sure, and it's odd that uh, you say you love poker, Sonny, since in the film, um, you know, yeah. uh, the Sonny Vaccaro character cleans up on a trip to Vegas yeah. with a big fat wad of cash. I mean, I saw that part of the movie. I was then very I, impressed. Then I sevened out and lost all the damn money. And, right? Okay, <laughs> So I got to tell the story of that, so that's okay. That's true, too. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's that's, oh, that's that good. It's funny. So, um, I, I love the movie, and uh, I, I, I think it is just, uh, it, it it felt like it lasted five minutes, and I was also on the edge of my seat, even though I knew, obviously, you would wind up getting Michael Jordan to right, sign on right, the dotted yeah. line. Um, what is your recollection of signing Michael Jordan? Well, the, the last scene, and you know, in the public, and it's the first time I'm saying it ever, I think, because I never thought there'd be a movie of it, so why would I bring it up? In fact, after I saw the game where I first saw Michael was when they beat Georgetown. And, you That's know, the and first time you ever That's saw him? first time. And the last time I saw him until Tony Roma two years later. I, I never, Michael Jordan was on my A-list. That day that he hit that shot, Georgetown, and you know, because you followed my life, Georgetown mm-hmm. was one of our Nike teams. John Thompson was one of my best friends in life. He, he hit that shot that beat the team that was working for Nike at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had Nike, had nothing to do with North Carolina, never met you know, Dean Smith. You had never seen Michael Jordan ever, play. And never saw him play again until he went pro. I'm very honest about that. Uh, and that's the irony of the whole movie, and that's what the public's going to get. The way Matt played that scene of me, you know, having psychologically the, the, the film and all that stuff, that's an improvement because in my mind, what Matt did was make a whole scene out of exactly what I told him happened in my mind. Which was which, the which, fact that you saw Jordan calmly make the shot right and that dean smith had clearly drawn up a play Absolutely. for him at that young stage of his life james worthy one of the greats of that era you know come across and drag the defensive man with i never forgot that then i was home i was mad because we didn't win we being georgetown and yes. john and all the kids and patrick and i never thought about it until the day they brought me into nike and asked me to talk about signing an athlete 
that they never had. They had pros, as you know, but they never had the signature guy. So to go, you know, to go where you want to take me on the show, Rich, I, I want to say, you know, that that scene that Matt replayed and he eloquently talked about it to the public mm-hmm. in that three or four minute piece explains my mind. If I, I can't just keep saying, well, I saw him and I liked him, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense, right? And that's why I never talked about it before. But if you explained it to I saw something that just stuck in my mind. And as life went through for me, I had an ability somehow because, you know, to use this on your show today, mm-hmm. I did see Kobe, what never saw him before. I did see Tracy McGrady, never did, was involved with LeBron when he was a sophomore and a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. I have a gift. Uh, other, you know, the gift is I, I think, I can tell talent at a low level or a small level or whatever level that was. And it was nothing planned. I didn't know anything about it. In fact, if you would have asked me, you know, early in my life, basketball was the least interesting sport to me. I I was a pretty good athlete, but I was horrible in in the game of basketball, even getting there. But to go to the movie, it is so direct. And and you had more questions for you. Mm -hmm. But that scene, to me, tells the public... That's why we signed him. There was no logic for me to say against the other people in the room that day were more powerful at Nike than I was. I ran the college thing. I had nothing to do with the pros. Sonny Vaccaro here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Again, airs in theaters on Wednesday, April 5th. Wow, so many different ways to go uh, with you after what you just said. But um, Kobe, you said you saw, when, when did you see him? And you're like, okay. That's that's the that's another one of the guys here. When was that? When I went to Adidas, my job was to find the next Michael. Mm-hmm. Like that that's the guy. Yeah, they're like, yeah, do it again. And, and, you know, and, <laughs> do it again. And, and and Adidas and and Rob Strasser, who's in the meeting, they had bought Rob Strasser and Peter Moore acquired mm-hmm. Adidas America from the parent company using the money that you guys made from Nike. Well, pretty much it was his, not mine. No, they, I write his. Yeah. Right. yeah well, yeah. Well, I mean, th- due to your decision, well, or, or right. Help, but, but right. my point, I had nothing to do with the financial Understood. buying of that stuff. Yeah. So they went, they invited me to join them. I was doing okay. My wife was a very successful commercial actress in mm-hmm. the nineties. Mm-hmm. We were making a living. Okay. After yes. I got fired, sure. I, I'm fired now when they do that. And, uh, Peter and Rob, they're both passed away now, as you know, you know, they bought it. They invited me to join. And right after that, you know, Rob died like six months into the new buy. The first, and Peter was named president. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, what do you think we got to do? I said, well, I, we can't redo what we do. We have to find the next guy. And I said, let's just start with the high schools. Mm-hmm. I then, Adidas sponsored about 50 high schools that, that next year. And I got to know the kids. Now, here's what happened. So that my, my internship goes in this new job. I said to them, let me go to New York for a year. They rented an apartment for nine months for Pam and I. Mm-hmm. A very nice thing. I went to New York, and my thing to the public was, I, everything happens in New York City. Sure. I'll see the pros. I'll see the colleges. And what I wanted to do was see the high school because my ABCD camp gave me entree to all the new great young kids. The ABCD camp was my, that was my, that started my second life, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm past, I'm, I'm fired, I'm no longer, I don't have control of college teams anymore, I don't have any teams like I did at Nike. So we get college teams one at a time. And here's what happened. I started the ABCD camp, mm-hmm. 
I knew about in 1992 or 72, mm-hmm. Joe Bryant played in my Dapper Dan round ball classic. He was the MVP. That's Joe Jellybean Bryant. I know who that is. In the next year, okay, Chubby Cox plays in the Dapper Dan round ball classic. That was, you know, his mother. That That's her maiden name. It's Cox. Okay, Joe, Joe's wife. Okay, Pam. And, and so all the... I'm there. I hadn't seen Joe since 1972. He played in the NBA. He went to Europe. They lived in Italy. Kobe was brought up in Italy. Right. Okay. He comes. He goes to a friend of mine named Gary Charles, who was a main help to me in the, in the AU movement. Gary came with me in the 1990s when I got, you know, let go. Mm-hmm. Joe comes over and he talks to Gary and he reintroduces me to Joe. And Joe talks to me and he said, oh, you know, I'm sure I remember. He was the MVP. Okay. I, he said, Sonny, can I get my son into ABCD camp? I, I did that a lot. ABCD camp was for the, the best, but I always brought in guys who may not have been the best and, or somebody's wish. I did that. It, it so, wasn't you're, an awkward. so you're like, sure, for Joe Jelly, Brian, I'll do it. And I'll I'll I knew he you, had to be something, right? right Joe sure. was a great player, and so was Chubby. So and he then had Kobe good. walks in? Is that what you're saying? No, they're there. They're there. Okay. there. Okay. So Gary brings him over and reintroduces me to him. So he talks about, so I put Kobe in camp. Camp's over one week, okay? And as you know, whatever. Swear to God Almighty, Kobe comes over to me after the camp. First time, he was another kid of 140 that year, 130 sure. kids in camp. He made the underclassmen all-star game, which was very big at there. I, I think Jay-Z was there. I, I mean, very, Jay, that's the kind of people would come. It was in Far, Farley Dickinson. That's where we had to camp. So okay. it was easy to get there. And Kobe says to me, Swear to God. He comes over and says, thank you, Mr. Vicaro, for inviting me to camp. Oh, I appreciate it. I said, I'm so glad to help you. Know. I hope I'll see you next year, Kobe. He said, I got to apologize. This happened, Rich. I said, apologize for what, Kobe? I want to tell you something. I'm very disappointed. I think something happened. Somebody hurt him or yeah, something. Right, you know, whatever. What happened? Said, next year, I'm coming back to camp. I'm going to be the best player at this camp. Kobe said that to me. He made like the underclassmen all star. And he apologized game. for not doing he, better. He than apologized. That? Only two people ever did that. There's a story about Michael Jordan, very similar to that, but not that. But Kobe Bryant comes over. Mm-hmm. Well, now I know in my mind, psychologically, I, I, I saw he was good, obviously. He didn't make the all star team. Yeah. Now he's in my thing. So my whole, we're paying the rent, you know, in that big <laughs> you know, apartment there in New York. I call Peter Moore. I say, I got the kid. What do you mean you got a kid? I, I, got, I, I know what I'm doing. What? I got a kid that's going to be great. I, I swear to God. On that day. On that day. Where he said, well, apologize he, for not doing yeah, as well as he because, thought he could. Because I knew on that day what Michael Jordan told me one day prior to that mm-hmm. when we were making a tour of Europe and Germany. Well, I'll tell you the story, but I'll stay on Kobe. I knew he had the crowns, okay? I knew he had the guts <laughs> to do it, Okay. <laughs> I never saw Kobe play a high school game. I would invite Pam and I would have his wife and him, mm-hmm. his father. Never right. saw Kobe again. Never till camp. Never. Now, I I'm, I'm recruiting him. I go to his house at Christmas time. But we went to see you know the kid from Villanova it was pretty good. Okay, so and um, Kerry Kittles. That's what you know. And Kerry was good. Yeah, sure. Kerry was in running the lottery. So, but I disguised it. By doing other things and never talking to everybody. I knew that Kobe was going to be our investment. 
He played through, and he had a heck of a senior year. But not he he doesn't have the accolades of like some of the other kids. Sure. I mean, right. whatever. That's the day I knew Kobe Bryant was going to become part of Adidas. Everyone thinks of him now because he ended sure. uh, his career and his horrible uh, the ending of Kobe. Mm-hmm. But my point, Rich, I knew that was the person, and that changed because signing Kobe, then we got Tracy. Then we got Jermaine O'Neal. Then we we had a great shot of getting LeBron. And if LeBron would have, you know, if if the Adidas would have done what they were supposed to, we had a better chance to get him. But Kobe Bryant was the same mentality as Michael Jordan. I can tell you this now: the public watching it, and they all know because I think the only guy that you can talk about today, all this goat stuff and all the greatest, that doesn't mean anything. You know what means to me is how good you were in the era you're playing. Well. Kobe didn't make any friends by being nice to his teammates, okay? Kobe didn't make any friends by doing anything. When he was on that court, that was his life. There was no question about it. When he was off the court, he was whoever he wanted to be, as a husband, mm-hmm. as a whatever. We lived in Palisades Drive. We helped Kobe's parents get his first home on top of the drive. That's how close I was to the Bryants mm-hmm. as we went. So talking about Kobe and talking about Sonny Vaccaro and, and starting this whole conversation about Michael. Yeah. That was the trail of my life. There was always a reason for me doing whatever was odd in society. A heck of a trail for sure. Sonny Vaccaro here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, in the couple minutes I have left. So you did go to Michael's house? You did, and you knocked on, you called called. Not physically to Michael's house. Okay. We had that conversation, though. I actually talked to his mother after I met him at Tony Roma's because I had the sense there that we had a shot with him but I knew the most important person in his life, his respect for Dean Smith was obvious. But the one thing he said to me as we sat there mm-hmm. at lunch that day, that first and only day I met him until after he signed him, mm-hmm. was his family. And I, that is what I started a phone conversation with her. She knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And, and the ending, the last scene you see where she's there, where you know, Dolores is there and making the final decision, those words happened. They didn't necessarily happen in the sites of where we're going. But Mrs. Jordan and I had those conversations, yes. Is it, is it true that, uh, again, in the, in the film, uh, Jordan, you know, wanted a deal, obviously, yes. but he also wanted a car yes. out of it, and that ultimately he would have just done the deal for the car, and his mom wound up getting, you know, a piece of the shoe. His, his mom ended up getting a piece of the company. Forget the shoe. <laughs> what what Michael Jordan did, and he'll give me 30 more seconds. Go for it. He started the whole new world for athletes. He I don't know about the goat, Rich. I said that five seconds ago to you. Yeah, yeah. But I do know there's one goat in what Michael Jordan, the goat of marketing, the goat of making money, the goat of being part owner. Michael Jordan opened that. LeBron was like the next guy that comes close to that. But there is no, you know, and for, for black athletes, and Spike Lee and all the things that Michael did, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan to the world should be remembered as starting an industry that was not there. You can like Mar- Michael, you cannot like Michael. You can think he was the best player or not the best player. That's your argument. But one thing the world knows, Michael Jordan saved a company that now is as big as it can be. Nike is as big in the, in the industry mm-hmm. in the world. There's no question about the superiority of what Nike Michael Jordan did that. No Michael Jordan 
first of all, forget me being fired. I don't know if there's a Nike today. Mm -hmm. And it, however people want to argue it, you can say you can argue for all that. They would have been another Reebok or another Puma or not, not saying that they're bad. Of course, I understand. They wouldn't but, be the Nike no, that they are today. That, that, that doesn't happen. Was it his mother's idea to get a piece of the company? His mother was the idea. She... I told Michael he'd get a piece of the shoe. Mm -hmm. Rob and Peter gave me the authority. You're going to own part of this shoe. I didn't know what was going to transfer. Dolores says, my son's going to own part of Nike. You make a dime, I make a dime. I'm uh, that, 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 that let, when Viola does that, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, don't cry. Just listen to what this mother's saying. Again, listen to the year. 1984, we just got off the 1960s, the 1970s. You talk about, we have problems today with yeah, race and religion and everything else, Rich. Yeah. It was worse then. And this lady stood up for her son with the knowledge of like, they, when they made the trip, I had the feeling we got them. But when she said, you know, I want a piece of the company. And you remember the last scene where Phil comes in and you know, he's talking to Rob and yeah. he, he's hollering at me. What the hell did I know? I felt like we can't, you know, but you told me to offer him. But, and Strasser did say, you know, he did give me the okay. But the, the bottom line, I can say we can sign off. However it worked out in life. Yeah. Phil and I did say, yes, let's give it to him. In the screening that I saw the movie, Sonny, um, that was an applause line when she said, mm -hmm. I want a piece. Well, and, and the whole audience clapped. You're getting goosebumps right I, now. I'm just thinking God, about it. Right? You just, you just yeah. hit the vein. It, 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 that happened. It, it, it was, it was really something in, in, in the theater yeah. when, when that happened. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, literally, the rest is history. Uh, again, air is in theaters exclusively on Wednesday, April 5th. Before I let you go, Sonny Vaccaro, let's do this. I want your favorite Jerry Tarkanian story. You want to talk about goats, okay? Well, you got you come on. What, uh, what do you got for well, me? I need I need a well, good. What when, you, what's your favorite Jerry well, Tarkanian story? The most story? favorite, the most favorite one was when he made the first statement. You know, you know that you, your school gets on probation. You no one knows who the hell you are, and they allow you know Kentucky to go on and do whatever. You know, put him on put the little school, and Kentucky violates everybody. But Jerry had so many. But the most important thing about Jerry, yes, what he was was the oddest-looking, most successful person in the world. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, I mean, you, you want to just talk about sucking on a, on a wet towel. I mean, just I mean that's one him. of them. A short sleeves, nervous wreck on the bench, you know, everything. Then he goes to Las Vegas, mm -hmm. where in 1970s, when he went there, when I was there with him, yeah. in a, and I was included in it, Listen, the mob rubbed, you know, they ran it. What the hell am I going to tell this audience? I, I can't lie. They were my best friends. I mean, you know, and, and Jerry, we had, I, because of my friendship, yeah. I had access. Pam and I got a lot of free dinners in Las Vegas, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Las Vegas was special. But Jerry Tarkanian is the only man that could have gone to in that university and yeah. turned it around in America. That couldn't. That, that they they've been good and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But Targ, his life was like this blessing. They put him in Las Vegas. Well, I mean, in in between the story that 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 takes place in Air in '84 yes. and the Fab Five, who you had mentioned, in between that was the ascension of UNLV basketball yeah. as we know it with yes. with Larry Johnson at Grandmama and, 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 and Stacy Augman 
and and the and rest Craig of them. Anthony. I mean, right. my God, yeah, I mean, Craig Anthony. I mean, that was that was that was another team in the midst of all this with Duke taking off and obviously Michael making North Carolina a champion in the eighties. Uh, Georgetown doing what it's doing. There was UNLV doing yeah. its thing for sure. Yeah, I know you've been kind to me, and we're over time. No, go okay. On. Let, let me say, okay, the game where Duke lost to Vegas and Denver when they kicked their rear end. That was that. You go back on the roster of that team. Now they win the next year, and I still think that the kids in Vegas lost a tough game. We'll just leave it at that. Sure. But let me say for your show, okay, yes, to Sonny Vaccaro personally. There were three schools. Now, I was close to all of them. I had favorite friends because of just that's what human beings do. But I never let it interfere with my business. I never made a decision on a school because I liked you more. I may have given you a contract. But what I can tell you for the record today, the Fab Five, George San Hoyas and the Las Vegas Rebels did more for what I was in, sell shoes, than any schools in America I at bet. that time. I bet. Those kids, those kids earned Everything in those universities, but to Sonny Vaccaro, there'll never be three teams to me mm. in the world that I lived in that moved basketball forward. These these kids who were all questioned for however, and the schools were however, all these kids who went to those particular schools at those particular times yeah. had nothing to do, and you went to Michigan. Yep. But those five kids, the Fab Five, unbelievable, unbelievable. Okay. You know, John's teams, Tark's teams, they moved the needle in selling the product that I was involved in. No one ever did that and still hasn't, and they never will be like that. Sonny Vaccaro, thank you for coming on here um, on on this program. Um, Again, Air's a terrific movie. It is a fun frolic, just remembering what what happened back in the day. Um, And is that an accurate portrayal of Phil Knight? In the in the film, well, yeah, it, it is uh, because you know what's you know he, he's a different person. I mean, all the things you saw about his beliefs and Buddhism yeah. and all that stuff. Right, there's nothing wrong. Everybody of has course, whatever. No, that, that, so, yeah. That's what I yeah, mean. He, yeah, know? but he was. I mean, that movie that was for real. We didn't make up him being that. You know, him with no no shoes on his feet. Right, and then coming in and saying, "I'll think about you yeah. know whether you can sign he, Jordan." He, and then he said, "I went for a run." I mean, and, like, and you know what? It's interesting. I I I was on the yo-yo. That was true. I was the stranger in 1984. Just remember, I I had nothing to do with pros. Me picking Michael was totally out of context of what my life was. I didn't give a damn about the pros, to be very honest with you. I cared about the colleges and the kids in college for my camps and for everything else that I did. My life depended on those people. Well, you certainly picked a winner, Sonny. There's no question <laughs> yeah. about it. Sonny Vaccaro, thank you for being here on this program. I like to get animated, and you helped me so much. Oh, today. you got it. It's so my good. pleasure. It's a pleasure to meet you and pleasure having okay. you telling all these stories. Air is, again, available exclusively in theaters on Wednesday, April 5th, right here on The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Rich Eisen Show Radio Network back here, uh, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. The great Jeremy Schapp, as we referred to him in our household, Shapil O'Neill. <laughs> Wouldn't Why? that be great if he comes on? I don't know. Chapois. <laughs> Could you imagine he goes, he shows up on Outside the Lines. Welcome to Outside the Lines. I'm Shapiro O'Neal. <laughs> Do you want me to shoot it? But. Be great. Chapois. Chapois. The great Jeremy Shap got Caitlin Clark to zoom in oh. on uh, his Tuesday program. Okay. And hit her up with the two topics du jour, which, by the way, is amazing the day after the men's championship game we're still talking about the way the sunday women's championship game ended and the fact that dr jill biden our first lady said that she thinks that iowa should come to the white house as well to Mm -hmm. celebrate their terrific season that's not the way it works we all know and then her comments got walked back by her uh, press secretary but at any rate the, I mean, we're, we're not sitting here talking about the Mensa-Sonogo rivalry. Mm, no. We're talking about Angel Reese, and we're talking about Caitlin Clark because of the way that game ended. And Caitlin Clark told Jeremy she has zero problem with what Angel Reese did at the end of that game, and that. it should not be held against the LSU Tiger. I don't think Angel should be criticized at all. Um you know, no matter which way it goes, um, you know, she should never be criticized for what she did. Um, you know, I'm just one that competes and she competed. So um, I think everybody knew there was going to be a little trash talk in the entire tournament. It's not just me and Angel. So, um, you know, I don't think she should be criticized. Like I said, um, LSU deserves it. They played so well. And like I said, I'm a big fan of hers. Bingo. So well, it's over, right? Controversy. It yet? should be <laughs> done. <laughs> Caitlin Clark has no problem with it. Shouldn't have been one over. In the first place, but. Right. Just women doing what men do. And again, it's, you know, I don't know Ballers. you were here yesterday. I pointed out with Susie. Ballers, ballers. I, I don't understand so many. I mean, Susie's one of the most competitive people I know. I'm sure so many people know many competitive women. Why are we so shocked when we see it in an actual competition well, with the stakes that they had on the line between Iowa and LSU? Well, I, can I be honest? Like, this was kind of like, I thought about this all night, Rich, and it kind of like bugged me, and I didn't say it yesterday, so I have to say it now. I understand that you're looking at it like they're just – thinking of his women being competitive. But as we all know, that's not what well, the big it, story here sure. was. That's not why. I mean, yeah, the women, that may have accounted for 5%, but that's not why this happened. That is not why this has been the You're story. talking about race. I mean, clearly. Look at, you know, some of these people. Like, you know, the the, the Barstool guy who calls her a classless POS for, for doing that. And, and, and you know... Keith Oberman, who who well, you know, KO, that's that KO, said KO, stuff about her. Ko didn't know the full story. And, the full I, story, I like, and also, and... like I filled you in yesterday, LSU. I'd been watching them. They had been taking sharpies every game and drawing rings on their fingers. So that ring thing was something that they'd been doing, but people didn't see that. They didn't know that. They just saw this girl 
doing that. And I, I, don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. I just had to get that out because, man, I swear to you, all last night I was thinking about it and it was just bugging me. So, <laughs> Well, Caitlin Clark also said that she doesn't think that Iowa should go to the White House as well. I mean, Kayla Clark's a dog, man. I don't so think she—I don't think she needed anyone to like stand up and champion her. I think she's she'll be just fine. There you go. So that's from outside the lines. I like it. Hosted by Shapiro O'Neal. <laughs> Slam it like Shapiro. ESPN. <laughs> Slam it like Shapiro. If we ever get Billy Crystal back on here, we got to have him do his Jeremy Shap. He is a great <laughs> Jeremy Shap. Yeah. Because he always because he always. Spells out E-S-P-N. That'll wrap it up for the R.E.S. right here on the Rich Eisen Show. We are back with more in a moment.